In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for this morning is uh, taken from the Gospel lesson, and I invite you to join with me in reading the text as we find it on our screens. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael asked, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Philip answered, Come and see for yourself. People of God, people whose faith rooted and built upon the rock of Christ Jesus. Surprise! Surprises are unexpected events. They can be good or bad, for example, when discovering an unexpected illness, or they can be good, for example, when a serious illness suddenly and without explanation disappears. Surprise! Surprise! Now, the first chapter of the Gospel of John records events that were truly surprises. Philip had come from Galilee to hear John the baptizer as John was baptizing in the Jordan River. River. As he was standing with John the Baptist one day, John pointed to Jesus. There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Philip then went and spent some time with Jesus. And as he spent some time with Jesus, he was surprised to discover that Jesus is the Savior, was the Savior whom God had promised to send. He was the Messiah, the very Son of God, the Christ. You see, more than 2,000 years earlier, uh, God had spoken to Abraham and told Abraham that one of his descendants someday would be the Christ, the Savior. And down through the centuries then, the prophets continued to talk about, uh, uh, God continued to speak through the prophets telling them more about who this Savior would be. It would be none other than God himself, stepping into the history of this world for our benefit. The prophets also talked about what uh, this Savior would do, that he would rescue us, provide rescue, not just for a few people, but for all peoples, providing them with rescue from their sin, and especially from the power of death. And the prophets also spoke about how he would accomplish this, that God himself would give himself as a suffering servant. And because of his death and sacrifice for us, by his powerful resurrection, we would receive the salvation that we need. As Philip was standing there visiting with Jesus, suddenly it came to him, I'm standing with the Christ. I am standing in the very presence of the Savior that God has promised more than 2,000 years to send. What a shock. What a surprise. Now, Philip then excitedly ran to tell his good friend Nathaniel. And like Philip, Nathaniel was also one who knew about the promises of the Christ And he enjoyed thinking about the Savior. But he wanted something more. He wished that he would have, that the Savior would come in his lifetime. And so you can imagine how thrilled it must have been for Nathaniel when Philip told him, we have found the Savior. 
We have discovered the Messiah, the Christ, the one who has been promised. And he was thrilled, that is, until Philip told him the Savior was from Nazareth. Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel's balloon suddenly burst. His excitement about the Messiah quickly faded away, and for good reason. You see, Nazareth did not have a good reputation. It was on the fringes of uh, the Jewish uh, territory. It kind of had a mixture of non-Jewish religions in it. Uh, there were worshipers of the true God there, but uh, they didn't have the reputation of being the most devout of people. Not like the people in Jerusalem. Nazareth. Why Nazareth? It seems more logical that the Savior should come from Jerusalem. And so I can almost picture Nathaniel sitting under that fig tree, and Philip told him, you know, we have found the Messiah, and Philip jumped up with great amount of excitement. But when he heard that uh, Jesus the Savior was from Nazareth, he probably sat back down under the fig tree with disgust and disappointment. But Philip kept encouraging him. Come and see for yourself. Don't accept my word. Just come and see for yourself. And in those words, Philip was encouraging Nathaniel, put your prejudices aside. Put your prejudices about Nazareth aside for a few minutes. Come and listen to Jesus carefully and then see if he really is the one who can give you the something more that you're looking for. I can see Nathaniel's hesitation. I can see him finally giving in to his friend's request. I can see him walking along uh, thinking this is uh, not going to work. This is not going to come to any fruition. But then with being with Jesus for a few moments, he was surprised and shocked to discover that Philip was absolutely correct. Nazareth or no Nazareth, Jesus is the Savior. What an unexpected surprise that came from a simple invitation. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Something more. Our world today is filled with people who are looking for something more. People may have comfortable lives. They may have their basic needs met. They may have enjoyable activities that are satisfying, but deep down within them, there's still a feeling that there's something more to real living that they truly need. Now, the other day I heard a report about an economic anxiety index. It always amazes me that we're coming up with all kinds of different things. An economic, excuse me, I can't even say it, an economic anxiety index. And this is an index uh, in our country that is, uh, tries to measure people's anxiety about the economy. And the reporter, as he was talking about this uh, economic anxiety index, it said it's up 30% from where it was last year. And then he went ahead to report that what was really interesting about this report is the people that they interviewed said they had more money this year than they did last year. 
They were better off this year than they were last year. They had more financial security this year than they had last year. But their worries about the future were far more intense than they were a year ago. Even though they had a better life, you might say, they still knew there was something more that they needed. And thus the rise of 30% on the Economic Anxiety Index. Now, even though I've never heard of this index before, it really doesn't surprise me. It's my feeling that if we were to survey several thousand people who are living pretty comfortably, we would discover that almost all of them would state that there is something more to their lives that they need. Now, in our society today, there's a growing number of people in the United States who are called nuns. Not nuns as women who are uh, uh, living in convents and Roman Catholic uh, uh, places, uh, but nuns in the sense that when they are asked why, if they have a religious affiliation, they reply, none. We don't have a religious affiliation. And even though they don't have or claim a particular denomination or a religion that they are tied to or, or that they follow, they still describe themselves as being very spiritual. And by spiritual they mean they know that there's more to life than just the physical things that they have. They know that there's something more to life than just enjoying the gifts that they have. But if we were to tell them we have found the one who can give them something more. We have found the one who can give them what they're seeking. It is Jesus of Nazareth. If we were to tell them that, most of the nuns would immediately reply, Jesus of Nazareth, that's impossible. That's impossible. And yet when they are asked of what they're searching for, very often, the people who classify themselves as nuns say they're looking for somebody who is authentic. They are looking uh, for people who are faithful, reliable. They are looking for people who have integrity, who have understanding. They are looking for people who uh, are not out to take advantage of other people, but are willing to give of themselves for the well-being of others. When I read those kind of reports, the interviews, I kind of scratch my head. Authentic, faithful, integrity, genuinely concerned about other people. Does that remind you of anybody? Does anybody come to mind when you read those particular words? Isn't that exactly what we have found in Jesus the Christ? And much more. Talk about authentic. Jesus is the one who spoke and lived the truth. Talk about faithful. What Jesus said, he did. Talk about integrity. What he promised, he fulfilled, even if it cost him his life. And talk about someone who refused to take advantage of others. 
Here we see one who gave his entire life for us, even for people who take advantage of him, gave his entire life for us so that we can have the assurance of his love, his forgiveness, for life of all eternity. You see, people may be interested in wanting to reduce their economic anxiety index, but that's not Christ's concern. His concern is to reduce our eternal anxiety index. It is by his death and his resurrection he provides a security and a faith by his uh, uh, by his uh, uh, security and faithfulness that carries us through the anxieties of this world and carries us on into eternity as well. Jesus is the one, the only one, who can give the something more that we and everybody else needs. But still the response so often is, Jesus of Nazareth, he can't be the one. He can't be the one. And because of their prejudices, because of the misinformation that they have been taught, because of their disappointments with the churches and Christians in the past, so often they are like Nathaniel, and they say, no way, no way. And when they react this way, we must be like Philip, patiently encouraging them to come and see for themselves. Come and see with their, themselves. Come with an open mind. Find out more about the real Jesus, the Jesus that is revealed in the Scriptures. Don't be so quick to reject the one who can give you the something more that you're looking for, the something more that he has given to me and offers to you. Now, it's very important that we follow the example of Philip continuing to extend the invitation. But you see, so often we are afraid that uh, people are going to reject us and the invitation that we extend. And so because it becomes, uh, because we are, uh, feel that we might be rejected, then very often we neglect to do the inviting. You see, it winds up being a kind of reverse type of prejudice. Uh, we seem, seem to think to ourselves, oh, this person's not going to listen to me anyway, so why should I even bother inviting them? What good is going to come out of our inviting? What good? can come out of Nazareth. What good can come out of Facebook? What good can come out of Facebook? I'm sure that all of us who are on Facebook really enjoy all the pleasant comments that we hear about the political campaigns that are going on. We enjoy the, the way that they put the best construction on each other and always are uh, being so... Uh, nice to each other. That's probably not the way it is, is it? If we like that kind of stuff, then I'm sure that we would also enjoy uh, the outbursts of anger and disgust that people quite often at times seem to vent to the whole world. Sometimes when I look at my Facebook, I wonder what good can come out of Facebook. Several Wednesdays ago, Laurel, Don, Pastor Tom, and I were privileged to meet a young woman who was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. She was raised with the teaching of Islam, 
She knew very, very little about Jesus. Saudi Arabia is one of the countries uh, that prohibits any copies of the Bibles, of the Scriptures. Uh, and so, uh, being raised in that particular culture, she knew very little about Jesus. But she had a problem with her Facebook account. And so, having a problem with it, uh, she contacted a, cons a consultant with Facebook. Now, just like us, when we have uh, problems with some of our electronic equipment, we find ourselves being connected with somebody on the other side of the world. Well, that's exactly what happened to this young woman. When she uh, contacted a person to help her with the problem, it was a young man in Michigan who was a Christian. And after they got her problem solved on Facebook, uh, they somehow or another, their conversation got on spiritual matters. And after further communications, the Christian man told her about Jesus, his suffering, his death, his resurrection for all peoples of the world, including this young woman who was living in Saudi Arabia. As she uh, listened to the conversation, she decided she needed to find out more information about Jesus, but she couldn't find very much in her country, and so she decided to leave her homeland. She had to be smuggled out of her own country. Eventually, she came to Michigan. She learned more about Jesus. She declared her faith in Jesus as her personal Savior. She was baptized. She now reaches out to others with the invitation, come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Meet the real Jesus and see what he has done for you. woman who has a living testimony of what good can come out of a conversation even when it's on Facebook. Now back to the nuns of our world. How might we invite them when they are so often quick to reject Jesus? Perhaps we can engage the conversation in this way. Of all the people in the history of our world, who would you say is the most ethical, the most moral person who ever lived? Of all the people who have lived in this world, whose life has provided the most positive impact upon the peoples of this world? Of all the people in the history of the world, who do you accept as being the greatest authority on matters of life and death and eternity. Is it Buddha? Is it Confucius? Is it Mohammed? Are you trusting yourself for those answers? Or Jesus? Who do you trust with all of your life and all of your eternity? And we can continue the conversation like this. I have found that Jesus is the one, the only one, that I can completely trust for my eternity. He is the one, the only one, 
who loves me enough that he has died on the cross for me to take away my sin. And he is the one, the only one, who has power enough to rise again from the dead, never to die again, and to give the gift of eternal life. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Don't let any preconceived notions or misinformation keep you from an honest examination. Meet the real Jesus in God's Word. The Gospels of Luke and John. Come and see for yourself. He is the one who gives us the something more that all of us need. Come and see for yourself. That's the invitation that Philip gave to Nathaniel. It changed Nathaniel's life, and it changed his eternity. Come and see for yourself is the invitation that we can also give. We may not be able to be like Philip, who take them right into the very presence of Jesus physically so that they can see him before their eyes, but we can invite them to meet Jesus in his written word. And God promises and assures us that his word is power to change lives for all eternity. So people of God, people to whom someone gave the invitation to come and see what Jesus has done for us. The eternal anxiety index, may God work through us as he did through Philip so that more people may receive the eternal assurance index of life that is ours in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.